Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Training Camp for the Soul podcast. I am your host, Chris Marhefka, and this podcast was created to help you discover the root of your frustrations, heal your inner child, and help you break through your own barriers so that you can create more ease in every area of your life. Join me, along with the founder of Training Camp for the Soul, Anat Perry, as we provide proven tools to a more fulfilling life. We'll also be interviewing guest experts and also thriving clients who have been right where you are today. If you are looking to awaken your aliveness, deeply connect with your true heart's mission, repattern your old habits, and become the best version of you, then this show is for you. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Training Camp for the Soul podcast. I am Chris Marhefka, and I'm joined here by the lovely Anat Perry. Anat, thanks for joining. Yeah, good to be back on here together. And uh, those of you listening, it's around Valentine's Day 2022. So we figured it'd be a good opportune time to talk about love, relationships, how to navigate all the things, how to leave, how to commit, (laughs) (laughs) and everything in between. (laughs) And everything. Yes. And uh, you and I both have uh, a a wealth of experience in in all of those things. And uh, also, I find that it's something that is uh, currently on my radar and our clients radar of, of things that they're, uh, looking at wanting to improve in their life is their relationships, deeper connection, more intimacy, finding their partner, uh, resolving conflicts with their partner and, um, growing with their partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what, what, what? yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, what's, what's most true for you right now, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's most present? Yeah. I was going to share a little bit of background on, on my uh, romantic relationship uh, experience and then share into the present day what's, what's here for me now. And for me, I learned a story of find, find a person, marry them, and uh, be married your entire life. And, um, I followed that script. Uh, I, I was married when I was, I, I call it young. I was, uh, I found, I met my wife when we were, uh, 21 and she was, not, uh, 20. I was 22, I guess. And, uh, we were together for, for 10 years. We eventually separated and divorced. And, um, that was the first time I was really, confronted with, um, the fact that I was simply just like living out that story. And I didn't really actually know what I wanted in partnership. I didn't really know uh, what commitment really meant. Um, I thought just because we, we said yes at the altar, um, that everything would be peachy and great. And once we started, uh, facing what was underneath of the surface, uh, we realized that there was more to it than that. And this is actually the the first time I started uh, 
learning tools on how to navigate conflict in relationship, how to hold space for another person, how to um, be uh, held in a relationship. And uh, fast forward after that experience and a few other like great relationships where I learned a lot, I am now in a deep partnership. And a big part of that, I believe, is going to be a topic we're going to talk about today, which is committing. Um, I have uh, committed a deeper level than I had known was possible and am now feeling and seeing the rewards of doing that. And yeah. you've been witness to a lot of that in my journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners would love to know, like, what does it look like to commit deeper? So we'll, we'll delve into mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's present for me now in, in that relationship is uh, we're going to be moving in together shortly uh, and facing the next level of growth and everything that mm-hmm. that brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for myself, what did I learn? Hmm. Well, I'd say, you know, it it wasn't only what like my parents modeled in their relationship and they've been uh, married for 40, 46 years. And, you know, similar to, I imagine your parents and just like, we just get married and just stick with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, uh, Partly was that, but I'd say more of an impact that I think affected most of my relationships uh, up until I did my healing work was my relationship with my father. Because mm. uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, our work and listening to us to just to get to know about training camp for the soul, you know, a lot of what we teach here, we, we look at what you learn from mom, what you learn from dad and dad being the first love of your life and first time first experience of something outside of you loving you um you know that that has a huge impact therefore on your relationships and how you relate to others in the world and so for me my father uh wasn't really there that much I mean he was and he wasn't he was always working and um so emotionally wasn't that present or available and uh, how it impacted me was just feeling that others aren't there for you, that I'm invisible, that I don't matter. And my way, my strategy, we all come up with a strategy to survive that was hmm, to uh, please him, to do whatever I can to win some love from him, to get his attention. And so I started working with my dad um, from a very young age, whatever I could help him do around his business and stuff. And that bled into my uh, relationships, my early uh, relationships in my late teens and 20s of dating men that uh, put something else first. And I was kind of on the back burner. And, and to me, that was normal. (laughs) It was like, oh, okay, my high school boyfriend's just sitting there playing video games. I'll just like sit and watch him. And so being that, being that invisible and um, at the same time, holding dad is like, I, as like that man on the pedestal. So seeing every guy is like perfect, treating them that way and never questioning any of it. So, you know, delving into 
feeling that in the past eight years and then attracting my uh my fiance soon to be husband <laughs> four months ago um about you know four and a half years ago it was so new and so different in 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 my script because he loves being present he loves connecting he loves uh us doing everything together and it really took a lot of rewiring in the moment um and uh so i've i've attracted something different and then it's interesting because then i still see some same patterns show up and you know the beauty of relationships is as much as we want the fairy tale we want it to be perfect um we're, we're here to grow and i love that he's my growth partner and you know what's what's present right now i'd say is just um uh being great partners for each other as we're both facing things individually mm -hmm. and supporting each other in that way um so uh and 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 just balancing balancing the love of, of between us and relationship focus to like both of us are in very uh uh personal journeys right now from like our own like internal cleansing healing to our our careers our businesses so it's like how can you uh show up really well for each other and supportive and at the same time nurture the relationship so really learning that balance mm. good good spot to be in and then a lot of wedding planning and things like that too <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of doing yeah yeah and and the like what you just described about your uh current phase of your relationship was uh new for me the way you described it is like there's an there's a not there's a not's partner and then there's the relationship together as like a third entity and when i was uh engaged in relationships uh, i actually lost myself in them i didn't know who i was outside of them and that was m my model as well and so just the idea of now being here and, and me checking in with me and her checking in with her and then us checking in the relationship, it's, a, it's just a, a different perspective to look at relationships. Because for me, I thought I could just take it all. And what was really happening was there's just this building and building of resentment because I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted or needed. Um, I didn't know how to um, even know what, what was there for me, what was underneath the surface. And so meanwhile, I thought I was being a good partner by giving everything to the relationship, but really I was being a horrible partner because I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't being there for myself. I didn't even know what myself was. And um, I see that a lot. I see that a lot with, with men especially. And, and uh, it's still challenging for me to say no to my partner for something like for myself like if there's something that i need and just in the moment being like no that's not actually what i want to do actually i want to do this i need to do this and what i'm like learning right now is not only is that acceptable to this person but it's also like encouraged like oh great like i had no idea like yeah like go take care of you and that lightness of response with love was so much different than what i was making it out to be in my system when i when i would have to say like oh actually actually not that 
Um, and that was a, that's been a big shift for me. Currently is still a big shift for me. Yeah. So where do we want to start with this? Mm -hmm. What did it take for Chris to make this commitment? Mm. Uh, and what were you most afraid of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the fear of committing wasn't anything new for me. It had been there my whole life. And the, the fear really stemmed around making the wrong decision. Common. And, yeah. <laughs> Make, making a decision that was um, an important one, a very important one, and not having enough information or not uh, knowing the person deeply enough and like things coming out that I wouldn't be able to, 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 to hold or deal with. Um, parts, of, parts about me that I was afraid that they would see and they wouldn't like, they would reject. Um, and, uh, in general, it was just a fear of the future and it was like a fear of getting the future, right. Whatever right meant. And it led me to always be, uh, calculating a plan B and a plan B was, uh, it could be as, as subtle as uh, when I was dating or, or in relationship with someone still like looking over the shoulder and like uh, having some female friends that were close and there was something there with, but not fully cutting off the energy of there being a potential for dating. And these were all just like protective ways to like have a backup if things don't work out. And um, what I realized in this process was that was taking a lot of energy. Like it was mm -hmm. taking a lot of energy to uh, keep all those threads and, and tethers. And um, also it was keeping me from being truly there, like, like truly present with nothing else in my awareness at all. Um, and when this, my partner came into my life, I was saying cognitively, I was, I was ready for it. I, I was actually mm -hmm. calling it in. And when this person showed up with all of the things that I said that I wanted, and it was literally 99 of a, out of 100, and she was actually there, I had to face that fear in a very real way of feeling ready as an individual but then when the decision actually was in front of me was I ready to take it and and, and to be honest I took uh, a what a month month and a half where month I didn't and and I didn't and I felt what I had felt so many times before which was a good connection, good relationship, but wasn't really deep. And I was starting to make stories about it because it, it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to. And she was speaking into 
some things like I wasn't fully present. I wasn't showing up. I wasn't communicating uh, the way that she needed. And it was about, uh, yeah, it was about a month, a month and a half after meeting in, in a conversation with you actually was, mm-hmm. was a big part of it where I was battling with this, letting everything else go and completely choosing. And, you know, in this moment, I was, I was actually reflecting on that conversation and all the tears and (laughs) all the shame and the guilt and the fears. And what really did it for me was actually, I think, yeah, it was really just a curiosity of what could actually be possible if I did this. And that was really the thing that got me over the hump was, wow, I've actually never tried this path of like fully committing. Like, what would that truly look like? And in that conversation, I chose, I decided, um, I, I, I cleaned up a few things and then the next time I saw her, it was actually in person. And the first thing she said was something's different. And we hadn't spoken since then. Right. Yeah. yeah. So she felt it. She felt it in my energy because internally I made a change. Yeah. I remember saying to you, um, you don't have to tell her yet that you're committing mm-hmm. to her hundred percent. Uh, you just choose that for yourself and you show up in the relationship that way. And from you showing up in the relationship that way, then you get to gauge and see how that impacts the relationship. And then it becomes obvious to both of you that you want to deepen or you want to quote unquote, say, you're my girlfriend, let's commit. So it's, it's not so much about letting the person know as, as it is an internal commitment, Mm -hmm. because even after you make, you know, it's, it's an everyday choice, Mm -hmm. whether you have the ring, whether you're living together, whether you're already married, um, all those things don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is most important is like, is, is choosing every day, every moment, choosing love over being right, choosing to be all in, exploring what, it, what does that look like? So what do you, what did you notice shifted? Mm. Like you being all in meant what? She opened up at a like exponential rate from that day forward. And, and by open up, I just mean she let down her own protectors of me leaving because I wasn't ever fully there to start with. And so our uh, connection felt deeper. It felt more, it felt more true uh, than just like the surface interaction attraction relationship that we were doing up until that point. Um, I did as well. I started open at a much deeper level as well. Um, I was doing the relationship from my ego from up until that point. 
and I, I like slowly, slowly started to, to let her in. Um, and I experienced, um, hmm, I experienced like, like two hearts connecting versus like two humans connecting or two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a significant amount of like joy and beauty and play that I, I wasn't accessing before with her because we were, we were still playing this like e- ego game where we were showing up in some sort of game uh, or story. And we instantly became more honest with each other. Uh, a lot of the withholds that had been adding up to that point just got put on the table. Um, I felt safe to have like truly uh, expressed vulnerable conversations where I didn't up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is huge for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a, a big, big, big part of my journey. And, and I'm learning new depths of it every day. And so the decision, the choice was the first step. And then from that point, that was almost like it gave the opportunity for what needed to happen for me to actually happen. And that's what I've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a shift here for people to listen to which is normally we think if we when people think about committing the first thing they usually think about is what they're going to lose or what if i'm committing to the wrong thing Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah that was that was absolutely it it was it was like what am i losing by by committing and what i wasn't seeing was i was I was actually gaining so much freedom to be completely myself. And that's what I was alluding to with like the, the ego versus living in my heart is like, I, I then started being my authentic self showing all parts of myself, like the weird ones, the silly parts, the, the, what I thought were ugly parts and like feeling for the first time in my life, what it was like to be truly accepted for all of those parts. Um, where I had previously hidden them for, for fear. And so for me, it was, it was this complete uh, inpouring of freedom where I thought freedom was going to be pouring out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it, it is possible. And, um, I also want to wanted to to name that for me, what I actually needed uh, leading up to that point was this goes maybe a step before the commitment that I think is helpful is I needed to be clear of all of those distractions that I was uh, creating in my life and all those many tethers that I was keeping out there as plan B's, I, I needed to clear those 
and actually just be with myself for a period of time to decide what actually I wanted to commit to. Because up until that point, I think that was part of it for me is there was always an opportunity for someone to be there to commit to, but I didn't clearly know what I wanted. And so that, pro- that, that significantly played in to the reason why I didn't commit. And so once I knew, and then once it was there, um, the last hurdle was just the choice of doing it. Mm-hmm. I did okay, a seven-month seven feminine fast is what I called it. <laughs> I planned for three months and I finished three months and I asked myself honestly if I was complete. And <laughs> the loudspeaker voice in my head said, no. It's <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> keep going. And here what I What do you feel was incomplete? What, you, what did you realize in that moment? Like, what did you I was still seeking. That's the word I yeah. use a lot is I was still looking outside of myself for solving something inside of myself. And I was seeking that uh, primarily in, in, in women and in romantic partners. Um, and I knew when I was complete, when I realized I was just going about my life and I wasn't seeking anymore. I was completely mm-hmm. comfortable, completely satisfied, fulfilled with me and my life and who I was and who I was becoming, it was all, it all felt complete for me. And that is exactly like, (laughs) exactly the moment when, when we met and and she came in. Beautiful. And here you are now it's been what, seven, eight months or so. Seven, eight months since, since I committed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And about to take that next step and see what, mm-hmm. uh, again, I think uh, the automatic and the, the truth for some people is you take that step and, and there's more edges and growth. And um, that's possible. What if you take that step and it's just even deeper, mm-hmm. you know, fun and play and intimacy and yeah. And, and what's true for me is that I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, how do I say this? I'm not, uh, ignorant is the word that I was going to say, but it's not even, yeah, I'm not ignorant to the fact that that's going, it can bring up new challenges. Um, and I'm also not speaking as if I'm having it all together. I'm actually welcoming like what mm-hmm. does come up. Like I'm excited about it. I'm, uh, it, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm ready and I truly want it versus like avoiding it and running from it or thinking that it's like relationship as a burden. Like I actually like want those things like truly deeply. Um, cause I felt every step of the way, how I've grown as a, as, as every, every thing has arose it's brought up something in me that i've then been comfortable enough to lean into and now at a point where i feel solid and i have the tools to process whatever that thing is and i know that every 
life experience, every uh, new challenge brings new opportunities, but it also brings a lot of new gifts too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of the people that are listening here may be like, well, I'm in a relationship. I've been in a relationship. I didn't take my, you know, feminine or masculine detox beforehand. We got into it. We went through the honeymoon stage. Then shit got real. And we're riding the, you know, the roller coaster of ups and downs. And I have moments where I'm in love with him and moments where I doubt everything. Um, yeah. And it's like, what? That, that's partly been my journey, I'd say, in the past four and a half years um, with my partner. And uh, uh, I've had to, I, I'm so grateful for it because I could see for me. So like, I, I think my point in bringing that up was for people listening is it doesn't have to look like any particular way. Um, you just have to accept the way that it is and, uh, and, and, and meet those edges. You know, uh, I always say that like falling in love can be easy really easy fall in love you know the, the excitement the newness of discovering all these things about the person and um but when there's challenging moments can you choose love can you rise in love and to me that's like the test of love especially here's what i've noticed is different especially when two individuals are very independent very comfortable with with mm -hmm. their own lives um so there isn't a, a toxic like codependency there but especially when it's like i i don't don't need you but i choose you mm -hmm. um, then you really get to discover how much love like how much you actually love the person mm -hmm. that you're willing to look at your own shit <laughs> Mm -hmm. and take responsibility in those moments and be like oh wow okay because oh my god I've grown so much and uh and and still look forward to more of that growth so yeah I've witnessed you and your partner grow so much in the time that I've known you uh what are some of the things that you have grown in individually and you've grown in together as a couple mm. Individually, I say I came into this relationship having that fear of, or the history of never being chosen, right? Uh, something else is always more important. So there was such a fear of fully showing up as myself and being myself because what if he doesn't like this about me and that's the thing that has him leave or there was a lack of me being able to like fully accept myself and uh you know the, the gift that he gave me was his love his patience um he used to say all the time just be yourself just be vulnerable just be yourself just be vulnerable uh, but he was patient it took me about two years fully fully let go and he just loved me through it. And I think that's what I needed. 
I needed to know that like, even though I'm not showing up fully open, I'm showing up with certain things, certain fears, certain doubts, certain things I'm hiding. Like you're still here. (laughs) You still want me. (laughs) So uh, it, it wasn't an intentional test, but it was clearly unconsciously what I needed to feel that, okay, I can show all parts of me. And um, so that was really huge. Finding, finding that safety within myself and then therefore bringing that to the relationship, uh, which led to me um, letting go of being the people pleaser, like speaking up more to what I need, what I want and um, uh, letting it then be messy. I was definitely the one that avoided the confrontation and the messiness and uh, what what shifted for us is when I started speaking up as uncomfortable as it the discomfort that it created in the moment also led to the most growth for us in our relationship and uh, so yeah our our ability to be uncomfortable with each other, be uncomfortable within ourselves and still like let the others see that show up in that way. Um, and most recently, it seems to never end, more new layers. You know, he, he said to me over the holidays, he's like, I feel like you're not patient. You know, like, I, you know, I, I need you to be more patient and more supportive. And I'm, I'm a bit of more of a stickler for words. So, and like accuracy. So that's like the rigid side of me. Uh, And I'm just like, where, okay. I'm So my mind, of course, our ego goes to all the ways that I am supportive, (laughs) that I am patient. And um, I'd say our, our current practice is leaning into speaking up appropriately with kindness as soon as something arises instead of letting it fester withholding it where then it creates resentment a bigger blow up as well as confusion because you you may not the other person may not be able to recollect what you're talking about Mm -hmm. so when he brought up those times around the holidays of of this experience I was like I don't really know what you're referring to so next time it happens call like in real time mm-hmm. please point it out to me um and so I got that gift a couple of weeks ago and got to see in real time where um yeah this this I'd say uh not so pretty side of me mm. um uh where if there's a topic being discussed that I'm not that interested in topic. I'm, I, you know, I don't have patience for it. Mm. I tune out. I want to move on. Um, whether it's engaged directly with me or in this situation, he was engaging with someone else uh, about football <laughs> and the football games. And I was like, uh, we go. And yeah, just him sharing with me. Um, how it made him feel and and putting myself in his shoes and be like oh my god that was so ugly of me that was so shitty of me and um but such a gift such a gift 
to be able to accurately see it and then see other times that I've done that with friends or other people and how it impacts them. And so again, these the opportunities that arise in a relationship when you are so comfortable that you show all your sides and then you have this partner who is so dedicated to not having just the average relationship but being like our best selves mm. that's willing to mirror and point that out so um yeah how, how does he mirror and point it out to you in a kind way mm. He's still working on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, we, we both have like how we show up and then we, we bring into practice individually, like uh, showing up softly and in that way. Um, you know, his initial is to be passive aggressive or mm. to, um, uh, yeah, shame me, be disappointed in me. Mm. so and I also know from his upbringing that like that's that's not that that's what he learned mm. you know, he learned to react with either you're doing it wrong that's not right or like how could you and um what I've been reflecting back to him because I know and I could I can hold that um and what I mean by hold that like when he did that I can point that out and say like, that's, you know, we don't do that. We don't do that here. You know, by, by holding, you don't, you don't take it personally and then I don't, spin it back. And right. It. Yeah. I don't, I don't throw it back at him. I just set a boundary. I stand for myself and like, mm-hmm. you don't get to talk to me that way. Yeah. And so what's really there for you? How did it make you feel? And so I think he's learning that he's learning that instead of um, projecting, because his his one of his patterns is aggressive, <laughs> it's not one of mine, um, and he doesn't yell or get really loud. But he, the 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 hurt. What I've noticed about those that run a pattern, if you guys aren't familiar with the book, the five personality patterns, the aggressive pattern is that they feel there's there's a there's a hurt that's there, and they don't know how to process that hurt. And so then they just want to hurt you. Mm. And so they'll, they'll spew fire back at you, disappointed in you. You did it again. I'm just like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> instead of, um, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling hurt. Instead of really connecting to what they're experiencing um, so that we don't meet it with defense. Like when he said that, I didn't get defensive but I put a boundary. <laughs> and so instead, cause you don't want to put a boundary or get defensive. Um, I want to be able to sit with him with an open heart. And so I told him, you know, what I need for that in the future is for you to just share, Hey, can I have a moment of your time? You know, there was something that happened 10 minutes ago that I feel, you know, I feel sad. I feel really sad. I feel hurt. <laughs> I would, sit there and hold the biggest bucket for him yeah. to as as we say we'll, we'll get into that yeah. um and uh yeah but as quick as again as much as we want our partner to change certain things and we all do at times 
going back to that like personal power, that personal responsibility of be the one, be the one. Like I could in that moment decipher because I've done enough work and facilitate work um, to know that, okay, he's, he's upset. He's reacting right now. I'm not going to respond to this. I'm going to, I'm going to like pop him out of it mm-hmm. and say, Hey, we don't talk to each other that way. Um, and like meet him with love and compassion and like listen to him and receive it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, <clears throat> doing your own inner work is an opportunity, not only to heal, but for me, what I wrote is to hold a bigger container, have a bigger capacity to handle more. It's not that things are ever going to be completely smoothed out in our lives. It's okay. Can I have the capacity to hold this? And at the same time, let's stand my ground. Mm-hmm. So it was also like a gift of when, when I met with my partner, not showing up the way that is loving how can I bring us back to love instead of meet him, you know, in the, in the ring Mm -hmm. and have it become a fight. And and that in itself starts with you first being in love. If you're bringing the relationship back to love, at least one of you has to be coming from love, be in love. And only from that place can you, can you respond the way that you're talking about from like, okay, this is just him being triggered. This is just him responding and not take it on. Um, and that definitely takes uh, a level of like inner work and, and awareness as to what's happening uh, to be able to like put a, put a pause on the way you might normally or previously reacted and responded. You can just press. Yeah. Yeah. And we teach each other. We mm-hmm. teach each other in that mm-hmm. way. I, uh, I think the, the, uh, the unconscious way is to want to fight back in that moment. Um, Cause you feel that if you don't fight back in that moment, then you're going to resent the person later because they're talking to me like that. So I should get to talk to mm-hmm. them like that. Instead yeah. of they're talking to me like that, I'm going to remind them we don't, you know, that's not okay. We don't talk to each other that way and modeling how we do. So instead of it being a, a battle of the egos, it's more of a partnership to bring each other back to love because at times we're going to lose connection to that. So instead of it being a tit for tat, um, and building resentment because, you know, he or she seems to be the one that always, you know, mistreats me. It's like, okay. And how, and, and again, the boundary is the most important part. I think Mm -hmm. you remind them in that moment, Hey, this is not okay. And I'm not going to hold it against you for Mm -hmm. the next two hours. I don't need you to now give me an hour foot massage, although you're good. (laughs) Um, Or be the one to, you know, there's no like punishment. Mm -hmm. There's just an acknowledgement of it. Yes. And like, how quickly can we come back to love? Because you'd want the same thing. Because at times it may be you that fucked up. That's what I was going to say. I've been on both sides of it. 
And anytime she brings me back, my first response is, thank you. I take a deep breath. I'm like, thank you. Like, and it's such a gift to me because I don't want to be that person reacting and reacting unconsciously. And, and so it's, it's a gift to both you because then they get to snap out of it. And it's also a gift to the relationship and to, um, and to me as well. So, yeah, I think that it's, uh, once you can like get over the taking it personally and stay in love when those things happen and then snap your partner back to the flow of love with you, I think that things get resolved a lot faster because they don't spiral. They don't that. And that's what I, I found when I reflected on so many uh, past uh, small things that became big things as they do in relationships is that had it just been addressed or like pulled one of us out of our unconscious behavior initially, it wouldn't have been a thing. Mm-hmm. It would have been just in that moment and resolved and okay, we're both back. Um, but instead it becomes this like lingering energy around the house or for weeks or months even. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the um, new contexts that we've given to our relationship in the past, uh, I think we had this conversation around New Year's, was acting as if today's the last day. Mm-hmm. Because you never know. I mean, you know, there's someone right now at this moment experiencing losing, having that last day. Mm-hmm. That yesterday was the last time they saw their partner. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not guaranteed forever and we don't know when it ends. And so really acting as if and, and treating each other as if like today is that last day. Because mm-hmm. if you knew today was the last day, you'd be all love Uh all love none of that bullshit would matter and that being said there's a time to handle the bullshit and Mm -hmm. it's usually not in a fight you don't want you know you want to set aside a time once a week twice a month once a month whatever you feel the relationship needs to have a relationship board meeting and talk about all the important things but in the moments choosing love over being right knowing that like this this may be the last day and how do you want it to be Mm. is 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 our motto is what guides like guides our relationship it's beautiful yeah you've said it a few a few times now but this was actually one of the perspective shifts that was so supportive and when i was going through separation and divorce was you can choose to be right where you can choose to be in love and you can't have both. Mm-hmm. And when that really, really sank in for me and I decided, I, again, I chose to just be in love. I started asking myself, like, how could I be wrong in this? And, and I said this the other day on our call not from a place of like shaming myself or making like making myself wrong, but how it, it, to me, it landed as how can I see what's happening here? How can I see their perspective? How can I open up when I just want to close and be right? 
Um, and that's what it was like to stay in love through a very challenging period of my life and, and separation and divorce. And then also in relationships since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so many fights end like that mm-hmm. when you just get their experience mm-hmm. that in their world, it's valid. That's yeah. it. Just validate their experience, repeat exactly what they say back to them. I mean, not as a robot, but really feeling it. Like this is what put I'm yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm right. angry. Yeah, I, I can imagine if yeah. I was in your shoes and that happened, that I would be angry too. That'll dissipate it. Dissolve everything. Like that. Mm-hmm. It dissolves everything. But you got to let, let your ego die in that moment the ego that is protecting that child that feels like i never get it right i'm a bad person (laughs) or whatever it is um that has us then you know need the ego to be defensive so you just get the other person's world it it's not right It, it but it's it's their experience it's just how they experienced it there's um uh there's things that one person may take personally and the other doesn't like edwin's very big on like on tone on tonality sometimes he doesn't like my tone and i'm thinking when he says that i'm thinking to myself his tone is like this similar to this all the time and it doesn't bother me Mm, but mm -hmm. again it's not about what's right or what's wrong right it's that um when he speaks in tones like that i'm like eh, it doesn't bother me so it's nothing Mm -hmm. and if i do at times and it is hard for him that's his experience Mm -hmm. so it's not right or wrong it's just people validating people's experience as valid for them yeah which gives you more permission to then gives me more permission to validate and speak up my experience so yeah there was a another tool we alluded to and this was another one that was very powerful uh for me and it was the holding the bucket um so this is a incredible tool for relation if if you're in a relationship and you feel like there's withholds (laughs) there's things that aren't being said uh, or if you don't feel safe to bring things up it's an incredible container uh to do this in because there's rules and rules keep the container tight. Um, And so this exercise, this practice is where you set aside time and one partner will be holding the metaphorical bucket and the other partner gets to, for as long as you guys decide, I remember the first time I did this, I think it was hours long, but just let, anything out that's on their hearts on their mind that they've been withholding that they're holding on to that they want to speak 
anything that they're feeling and just vomit it all into the bucket while the other person is holding it. And as they're holding the bucket, there's no response. There's no, um, uh, no, no judgment. There's no, uh, rejection of what they're saying. It's just being there for them. And, and even uh, going one step further, but welcoming it, like allowing it and welcoming it. Um, and I'm going to pause you. Yeah. Cause some people are like, okay, great. In the perfect world. And the first time you do this, or maybe even currently, what do you feel are some of the challenges in being the one holding the bucket? Mm. What were the challenges for you? Because that sounds like great rules, but I have a feeling people listening to this and are like, I'm going to be breaking all these rules. How do I successfully hold the bucket? Mm. You know, part of what I said earlier, um, the more inner work you do, the more your capacity to hold more, to hold a bigger bucket. Yeah. is really what it is mm-hmm. yeah like what do you think are the uh what the downfalls the things that that will pop up for people uh, that will make this ineffective yeah i think the first thing is is going into it uh looking each other in the eye and expressing this is something that came up at our last retreat i love you more than anything that comes up i love you more than anything that i say or um, this is not about you. This is about like, this is what my experience and, and staying, mm, staying, oh, it's a little maintaining your breath will help to keep you down re- regulated so you can stay present with them and not go up into responses or your stories or what this is mean what this means about you. And so setting it up with with love and and thinking of this as a a support and healing exercise and this isn't just a make you wrong section uh, session but support and healing and then the person, and it's healing for both, to be honest, whether you're holding the bucket or you're, or you're vomiting. letting go of what you've been withholding. Letting go, <laughs> yeah. Letting go of, uh, it's healing for both. And the person holding the bucket, um, has to breathe deeply, stay present, stay in their heart. And, um, sometimes we'll, have to face and let their their parts of their ego die that maybe feel like it's getting attacked in the mo- moment um hmm. <laughs> it's interesting uh i was trying to answer that but i i noticed that i actually have a harder time as the person who's letting the go, letting go, then I do holding space. Mm-hmm. And so the holding space part is actually very easy for me. It's the letting go that's really hard. And, and the reason it was hard for me is because some of the things I mentioned earlier about what if I say something that hurts them, that offends them, that they judge me for, that they reject me for, what if, um, what if they don't hold it? What if they do respond? Like, 
all those thoughts of can they handle this can they handle it yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so how what do you feel is most supportive i i think that um the what just came to me was uh building each other's capacity and so mm. like i said like my first one uh, it was it was multiple hours but maybe just starting with like five minutes and whatever comes out in five minutes <laughs> and by nature you'll it's like training it's like training a muscle and so when you go in you don't squat 300 pounds a hundred times uh you start you warm up you build up the weight and then you get stronger and stronger over time and so i think that that would be a good place to start is limiting the amount of time and then also maybe having um i was going to think like other other like guidelines or, or guardrails or boundaries that could be helpful in this process um Mm. Mm. I don't know, can you can you think of anything there? Mm. Um as the person sharing also uh making sure that what you share you're sharing your experience. Mm. Mm -hmm that you're sharing how something occurs for you, how you feel about it, um, that there's no shaming or blaming in that, that it's not a time to point a finger. And it doesn't mean that what you, that there's just a way to prepare yourself. And this could be slow. It doesn't mean you're like, okay, you got to talk nonstop or this is over. Sometimes it's like you said, it could be hours long, but there's like long pauses of two minutes of silence where the person is, is just gathering the courage, processing through the hurt because they want to project it on you. And instead saying, you know, when this happened the other day, I felt alone. I felt sad. Like that they're always coming back instead of you did this to me and you did that. And, um, so it's, it's, it's really uh, for you, you know, we like calling it holding the bucket. Imagine if you need to throw up and you need someone to hold your hair back. If you have long hair, like Chris and I, <laughs> um, or like be right there by the toilet with you, but you don't need them to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. It just all needs to come out. And so it's like, what are you holding it? even when there is something that we feel they did or they didn't do, making sure that you take time to journal it out before um, as to like, okay, the next question, what, what did that, what did that leave? What's, what's the impact on me? How did that make me feel? And that you just always lead with your experience with how something made you feel because that's what's valid. You know, your experience is your experience. It, it, you can't invalidate that. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I'd say that's, that's the biggest key is making sure that you have an opportunity 
to let go of all the energy that you're, all the emotions that you're withholding. Mm. And at times where it feels edgy because you don't know how the person's going to respond, naming that too. Like how much can you just put everything on loudspeaker in that moment? Like, okay, um, wow, this feels really edgy right now. I'm really scared that if I share this, that you're gonna, you're gonna react. Um, I love you more than what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing this because I love you. I'm sharing this because I want our relationship to be held in the most integrous, loving, happy container. And <laughs> so all of that is giving the other person more support, more strength, more preparation. They understand that they need to be more prepared right now, probably take a deep breath. Um, then, yeah, so I think that those, those two key parts. I just had another one that, that came to me that's been really helpful in my communication is just leading with uh, a, a part of me. A part of me is like the sentence stem. So just a part of me feels this way, just a part right. of me is the, and for me, at least that, that gave me, it was, it put myself a lot more at ease. Cause it wasn't like I was committing to like me as my whole person think this or view this or feel this. It was just like, oh, this is just a small part, but it's there. So I need to say it. Oh, and there's this part over here. It may be completely different, but it feels this way. And as I started naming things as parts, it was, it was more forgiving for me and it, and it felt easier to communicate in that way. It, it made it um, lighter because it was just a little part. It wasn't the whole thing. Mm -hmm. There's a little That's part sure. here. Mm -hmm. I use that all the time. So this is, I'd say one of the most valuable practices you can bring into your relationship is uh, holding the bucket teach mm -hmm. your partner that <laughs> um hey you hold the bucket for me today or you know set an intentional time for both of you to go one after the other um, mm -hmm. yeah. and and the other thing that i um want to speak about holding the bucket or really anything that we've shared on this podcast is that because these relationships are choices, they're, they're choices for us to be in them, for us both to be in them. Everything that we ask for is a request. And I think one of the, um, I don't want to say the killers, but one of the friction points is having expectations or, um, a level of they need to do this for me because they're my partner. And sometimes your partner may say, Hey, look, I don't have the capacity to hold the bucket for you right in this moment. And this would be a better time for me, or I just need to, I need to like go take a walk or I need, I need this. And to be able to re to be able to own that you both have a need and they do too. And being able to, come back when at least one of you has the capacity to hold the other one is really, uh, really 
important because uh, I'm speaking for myself from someone who would just completely abandon my own needs for the sake of the relationship. That doesn't work either. So just having the expectation that they, anything that you essentially demand is going to happen just because they're your girlfriend or your wife or your spouse or your fiance or your husband. Um, I think that coming from a place of, uh, can you do this for me? This is a request I have. This is a need I have. Can you fulfill for me right now? When would be a better time? When can we talk about this? Um, it's just, a, it's a different energy than you need to do this for me right now in this moment. Yeah. And because, then to light, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, because really, the relationship that I want to be in is I want to be in a relationship where we both love each other and we're choosing to show up for each other. And we're choosing to show up when we can for each other and give these gifts to each other. Like we're talking about. And if, if you're bringing requests and someone's not willing to do that, they're, they're, they're always not willing to do that. Then maybe that, that person just isn't, uh, choosing or committed to being in that relationship. Um, it definitely, <laughs> it removes a lot of the imaginary protectors of the relationship though. And that forces you to, to face some of those facts. Like we, like we opened up the conversation with just cause you, you have a ring or you have this piece of paper or just because you have this label to it doesn't actually give you the level of commitment that most of us want in our relationships. But what does give it is choosing with love consistently and over and over again. Awesome, guys. Mm -hmm. Another fun little, little practice is making sure that you take time to acknowledge ladies, especially your men. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, what fills up their tank the quickest is being acknowledged for everything that they're doing well, from the big things to the little things. Mm -hmm. And something that I, um, I, I experienced last, last week with my partner is noticing the areas where I still have shame around him, like around receiving from him. And that then like my, my thank you came from like this shameful place instead of, and therefore didn't really get received by him. Um, and he called me forward in that he said so did you did you enjoy that massage and I'm like I just thanked you like five minutes ago and told you what I liked about it he's like um yeah I didn't really feel it mm. you didn't really catch my presence and he taught me something in that moment he's like he's like yeah I would have loved if you put your hand on me or gave me a hug made eye contact with me, which I couldn't because I had some shame around him treating us for that massage. Um, 
because it wasn't expected. It was a surprise in that moment. And yeah, he's like, if you would have stopped me, made on co contact with me and said, babe, thank you. That was really sweet of you. I was like, oh, that's a difference. Because I got defensive. Like, I just thanked you. I didn't see where I was still, uh, obviously, in the moment. I didn't see the, 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 the shame, that part of it. And uh, so now it's, I, I'm bringing that practice to every moment. Every time that I want to acknowledge or thank him, I make sure to stop and get his presence and make sure that he really feels it because I know that's important to him. And then now I can tell when he doesn't because then he usually asks, did you, did you like that? Did you enjoy that? And I'm like, oh, what was missing was really catching his presence that he could receive, thank you. So as we, as you're we listening to this and going into the uh, love month of February, the Valentine's Day, eh, forget about that particular day and just look at every day as a day to choose love over being right, to choose love, just you know, let the person know you love them and everything that you appreciate them for because they may not be here tomorrow and choose to share all of yourself so that you can be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day together more and more, more and more connected. And no matter who you are, what gender or energy, choose to go first, choose to lead. Choose to take a stand for yourself and for your relationship. Because if you want, if you want more, if you want deeper, if you want greater, then take your power back and, and start creating it, creating it with your actions and your words and your energy. And see what happens. Run an experiment the way I did. What's the best that could happen instead of what, what, what's the worst that could happen? What's the best that could happen? Go ahead, ride, ride that wave. <laughs> Commit to getting on that wave. Yeah, awesome. This is fun. This is great. Thank you, Anat. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah, we hope it was valuable. If you have questions, you can DM us. And uh, yeah, if you want to delve into more of like, yeah, but I, damn it, I keep showing up as my mom or my dad. And oh, we'll, we'll delve into more of those conversations in future podcasts. But if uh, you have questions or challenges, um, after you practice what we gave you here, apply it, uh, let us know what those are. And uh, you can always check out our programs, how to work with us at com. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Training Camp for the Soul podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it. And if you'd love to thank us, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And to learn more about Training Camp for the Soul and the work that we do, go to trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can get some free resources Learn about our online programs and in-person retreats. 
And lastly, follow us on Instagram at Training Camp for the Soul for some inspiring and life-changing content.